This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, thanks for listening in today on GreenLivingIdeas.com's Green Talk Radio. This is your host, Sean Daly, and today we're going to be talking about solar space heating, and to talk with me on that topic is Bob Ramlow, who is the founder of the Artha Sustainable Living Center. Uh, Bob has been a guest on this program before uh, for um, solar water heating, which is another podcast you can find on the GreenLivingIdeas.com website. So take a look under that. You can uh, go into solar water under topics, under green building, uh, or just uh, to put it into the search. So, uh, Bob, welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to be here, Sean. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you. And I know, um, well, just for anybody who maybe isn't privy or hasn't listened to the, uh, the previous podcast, can you just give us a quick overview of the Arthur Sustainable Living Center, when you founded it, why you founded it, and a little bit of your background? We uh, moved out to the country. I did uh, right after my college career in 1971 here in central Wisconsin. And I had uh, received a degree in natural resources. When I was a senior in college, one of my university professors took me over to his house. Uh, he thought he had something for me to, that I might be interested in. Um, you have to understand, of course, uh, studying natural resources, it was uh, doom and gloom in a lot of ways. Every time you turned around, there was another ecological disaster that we were studying. And so this... Uh, university professor took me over to his house and he happened to have probably one of the if not the very first solar heating system in Wisconsin in his backyard and I saw that uh, heating system that day and a light went on in my head uh, here you know we've been studying doom and gloom bad 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 and all of a sudden bingo here is an answer and seeing that collector that day really set me on my life's path. Hmm. Okay, and, then, and how long after that did you found the center? Uh, shortly, uh, you know, within um, several months. Now, uh, of course, the Artha has evolved over the years. For many years, it was uh, an organic farm where we did a little educating here and there, uh, a little consulting work, but with the... Uh, onset of the oil embargo in the 1970s, we became more involved in renewable energy at that time. It actually evolved uh, further into having a retail store for many years, uh, selling wood stoves, solar heating systems, and wind energy. We did the whole gamut. Uh, that uh, eventually I sold the retail part of the business and kept the solar consulting. Two years ago, we built a straw bale zero energy house that incorporates PV as well as solar thermal for heating. And at that point, we still had our old house. 
so we changed that into a bed and breakfast, and now we can we house people when they come to our center to take classes. Okay, so there is this sort of this this triumvirate, uh, as it were, of, of uses of solar that we see commonly in green building projects, and just in general, where we've got solar PV, which you mentioned, photovoltaics, which is you know solar electric energy um, <clears throat> as a to ameliorate or completely remove, in some cases, the need for uh, energy coming in from the you know the the power company. Um, we've got solar water heating, which you and I discussed on the last podcast, and then we've got solar space or so, solar thermal heating. Uh, and I so I want to start with this question, which is: just, Is it is it possible to completely heat your home only using solar? No. And the reason the answer is no is because in virtually every climate that requires space heating, there's just too many cloudy days in a row at certain times during the year when you're going to need heat. So you always have to have some sort of a backup heating source. Okay, I did not know that. Hmm. Interesting. So, so, um, but it, so it's sort of like uh, the solar PV in that you you may it's going to be obviously dependent on the amount of solar energy that you're receiving, and so that and so that really it's something that's going to lessen the load uh, on on the conventional system, yes, but not necessarily uh, replace it. With PV, of course you can have a grid-tied system and utilize the utility, in essence, as your battery. So at, um, during the sunny time of year, you could bank a lot of kilowatt hours in there and use them up, and that's essentially what I do with my PV system. Is I way overproduce during the summer, mm-hmm. build up all this credit, and then use it up in the cloudier time of year and end up with zero energy. Now, is with that, thermal, you cannot do that because it's very it's essentially impossible to store heat for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Now, there are essentially two types of solar heating systems. Uh, well, there's there's a lot of ways to look at it, but uh, one way of looking at it would be a system that delivers heat when it's sunny. So that would be kind of similar to a passive solar house. When it's sunny, you have solar heat. When it's not sunny, you use your backup. The other type of solar would be solar heating system would be a system with storage. So in that case, on a sunny day, you collect heat, use it during the day, but hopefully collect enough during the sunny time so that you're not only heating during the sunny time of the day, but also during the evening and possibly into the next day as well. Okay, so you can bank you can, can bankroll this to some degree then. Right. How exactly are, do you store the heat in this application? Well, that brings up the next subject. Another way to uh, look at solar heating systems would be to classify them as regular storage or seasonal storage. And the traditional solar heating system that has been popular for a very long time would be the uh, non-seasonal storage. And with a system like that, typically you use a water or you use water for the heat storage, so you have to have a 
water storage tank. It's just like, essentially, just like a regular solar water heater, which of course has solar panels, a water storage tank, and probably a pump and heat exchanger and some other associated components. A space heating system is just a big one of those. So you, during the day, the sun shines, you collect the heat in the collectors, transfer that heat to a storage tank, and then pull heat out of that storage tank as needed. In most climates, the uh, you're going to be able to heat your house completely in the spring and in the fall, and it's only in the dead of winter or whenever there's really extended cloudy periods that you'll have to use your backup. Okay, and we're going to take a moment right here to put in a commercial break, and then we'll be right back with Bob Ramlow, who is the founder of the Artha Sustainable Living Center. We're talking today on the topic of solar space heating, and we'll be right back. Listen to Just for Women, Dating, Relationships, and Sex, a weekly internet audio program from personallifemedia.com. Fresh inspiration and expanded relationship options for today's woman. Okay, and we are back with on our topic of solar space heating with Bob Ramlow, founder of the Artha Sustainable Living Center at arthaonline.com. Bob, please continue. We were just talking about, you were talking about the process of uh, uh, integration uh, and in, into an existing heating system and some of the issues there. Well, yeah. Uh, well, before we get into integrating our heat solar into an existing heating system, just to finish off the description of the different types, uh, there's another type of solar heating system that has what's called seasonal storage capability. And with that type of a heating system, you have, uh, in, in the case of the types of systems that are popular today, it's utilizing a uh, lot of thermal mass. And in this case, what's used primarily is sand. So, right as and this would be the type of a system that uh, could be used in new construction, but it's very difficult to use it in existing construction. So you essentially make a insulated sandbox underneath the main floor of the building or basement floor if you have a basement, and you direct the solar heat down into that sand bed. Now, the thing about the sand beds is that they're very big. And so you have possibly hundreds of tons of sand. Now, sand is very different than water. The seasonal systems are different than the water-based uh, systems or the daily systems. But uh, you can start heating up your sand bed or your thermal mass in late summer and utilize some of that heat in the winter. So it takes months to heat the whole thermal mass up and it also takes months for it to cool down. So the advantage of the systems that have some seasonal storage capability to them is that you can get a larger percentage of your annual heat from the solar heating system because you're actually 
using the collectors for more months of the year. I see. Interesting. Um, there, I just wrote an article uh, that is in the the November-December issue of Solar Today that really compares the two types of solar heating systems. So that's a good reference, as well as my book, Solar Water Heating, that is available um, everywhere and certainly from the publisher, New Society Publishing. And for those listening in, we'll also have a link to, to that book on uh, the listing for this podcast on the greenlivingideas.com site as well, so you can click directly on that link. And uh, yes, and I was remiss in not mentioning that you are an, an oft-cited author uh, on this topic as well as others uh, related to sustainable living. Um, I'm curious about, if you don't mind, just switching gears a little bit towards the cost side. Uh, one of the questions I know that people have, I mean, if they're sold on, yeah, this sounds really good, this might be for me. Uh, you know, and I, one thing was about integration. I jumped the gun a little bit on that because I was that was on my mind. I was thinking about integration. I was like, okay, so how do I plug this into my existing system? So, Wait, we can talk about that. Yeah, okay. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, if we talk about that first, and then we'll get into the cost. Yeah, let's talk about that first, and which really dovetails into you know cost as well. Sure. So. The integrating a system is uh, solar heat into an existing heating system really depends on what type of existing heating system you have. Okay. Uh, the most efficient type of heating system available today that's using fossil fuels, of course, would be some sort of a radiant heating system. In, in the floor. Radiant floors, mm-hmm. radiant ceilings, things like that. Okay. Now, that... The characteristics of that type of a system is that it operates at a fairly low temperature. And that is very good when you're thinking about integrating solar into it, because as well, solar is a low-grade heat source as compared to a fossil fuel or a flame. That's high-grade heat. Solar is much more gentle, and it's a low-grade heat. You know, when we walk outside, we don't fry immediately, right? Right, luckily. So um, integrating into any kind of a radiant heating system is very easy, and it's just a matter of uh, installing a couple of valves and a little bit of electronics. And uh, the way that would work is if there's solar heat stored in the storage vessel, and there's a need for heat in the building, then it uses the solar to deliver heat into the building. I see. If there's a call for heat and there's no solar, then the backup will do it. So it's very easy. Now, another popular type of a heating system is a forced air heating system, where there's some sort of a furnace and duct work, and it could even be a central air conditioning system that has duct work as well, and a blower. And that's fairly easy to integrate solar into that uh, essentially what you do is you put a radiator in your ductwork and whenever you need heat you would pull it off of the solar if there's any there and turn on the blower at the same time now one difference with uh, integrating into a forced air heating system is that again because uh, uh, most furnaces using fossil fuels uh, they get very hot I mean you know, a uh, tongue-in-cheek uh, name for a forced air heating system is a scorched air <laughs> heating system mm-hmm. because the air gets very warm. So when you put your hand by the r- register, 
it, the air feels warm. When you're using solar, it's not going to feel as warm because we don't have as much intense heat. So what happens is the blower would tend to run for much longer periods of time. So it's more of an even heating, uh, as you put it, lower grade, I guess not in terms of necessarily efficiency, but just in terms of the intensity of the heat that's being Correct. produced. Um, so it needs to be sort of over a longer period of time and it's more even and gentle rather than this sort of blasting hot air concept. Right, exactly. The, one of the negative things that makes forced air heating systems uncomfortable is the furnace comes on, it gets a little too warm in the room. Mm -hmm. Then it cools off and it gets a little too cool and then it gets a little too warm and it's bouncing around where with solar it is, like you mentioned, very more even, even keel. Now the other type of heating system that's popular would be a traditional hydronic heating system that's using radiators or baseboards. Now, solar does not integrate very well into that type of a system, and the reason is is they that type of a system is designed to have, for under most instances, have an operating temperature, the fluid going through the piping, of 180. That's quite hot, and that is uh, on the very top end of what you would see a solar storage tank uh, temperature stay at. So uh, usually if a home has a traditional radiant heating system in it, we don't integrate the solar into that. Instead, we'll put another heat delivery method into the building like radiant floors or some fan convectors which is, is a, a fan convector is a, uh, a radiator with a fan on it and uh, you can deliver a lot of heat with a very small package, very small unit. So you have a couple of those inside the house and we just, we don't tie in with a, uh, with a baseboard or radiators. So that's the, I, I think we all, well, anybody who grew up in a house with the standard radiators, we're talking about those standing kind over near the wall, running water through them that get so hot that you, if you have the misfortune of putting your hand or any other exposed body part near that, that you get a nice burn, that, that type of more, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so not, not practical for that. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break here for a commercial, and then we'll be back to our conversation with Bob Ramlow from the Artha Online Sustainable Living Center. Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we are back with Bob Ramlow. So I'm, I'm just curious about on the, um, on, on the cost side, let's talk about the cost effectiveness and, and the question that comes up a lot for people is about, you know, ROI. Mm -hmm. um, can, you, can you talk to that? Yes. Um, as we mentioned when we were talking on the last podcast about solar water heaters, is with a solar water heater, uh, at today's fossil fuel prices, it's actually cheaper to heat water with solar than it is any other way. Now, one reason that is so cost-effective is because we use hot water 12 months of the year every single day. So that means that our solar equipment is going to be working at maximum efficiency all year round. Now, with a space heating system, of course, during the summer, 
certainly dependent on where you live. Uh, you won't need much, if any, solar heat during the summer months. So during those months, the equipment is essentially idle. So the return on investment for a solar space heating system isn't quite as good as it is with a plain solar water heater. Nonetheless, it's still an excellent investment. Um, you know, the cost of the systems, uh, uh, you know, I don't like to talk about the cost. You know, uh, there is no question that when you buy a solar heating system, you have to make an investment in the equipment. But oftentimes people get sticker shock because this is not necessarily inexpensive equipment. Uh, it is copper, glass, aluminum, all items that are related to fossil fuels. So when fossil fuel prices go up, so does the cost of the raw materials to make these collectors. And like take copper. Copper is a semi-precious metal, right? Right. And so it, there is an investment, but uh, that's not the right way to look at this type of an investment. Uh, you know, wh for instance, when we buy a home or buy an automobile, we are making a long-term investment. And so we need to look at a solar space heating system or, or solar water heating, for that matter, in the same way. Um, uh, if you finance your solar heating system, let's say over a period, let's say you put it on your mortgage and you've got a 15 to 30 year mortgage. In a case like that, your monthly payments at today's fuel prices will be very similar to your payment. Or excuse me, your payment will be very similar to your energy savings. Mm -hmm. So your cash flow impact is little or none. Yeah, that's and that's true. I haven't gone through it myself. That is definitely true in that situation. So and you raise a good point, which is it's important to to think of it in those types of ways. And there, there are many different ways to slice this. I mean, you can go and you can do if you happen to be doing a refi. Of course, there's closing costs involved and so forth. And it's certainly this is a good thing to have in mind if you're looking to do a remodel anyway, and you're already going to be doing a refi as part of that, or you're doing a refi anyway. Maybe that that becomes the catalyst uh, because of you know rates or, or what have you. Right. Um, but you know, it is it is a realistic question, I, and and I, and I appreciate your 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 viewpoint on it. I think that. Um, you know, there are there is a variety of different people out there. There's you know light green, medium green, dark green, and not that there, that's you know, necessarily a scale of righteousness or anything. Well, and we didn't you know. even talk about that issue of the greenness or the uh, morality of doing solar. And of course, it's very moral mm -hmm. and it's uh, very green. And um, it's uh, it, it, you know that. You know, for many years, when fuel was cheap, it was the environmentalists that kept me in business. Now, of course, it's everybody, because not only do we argue the greenness or the environmental aspects of renewable energy, but these things stand on their own on strictly economic terms as well. Yes, and that's and that's good. And some people, you know, we, we like to think of being inclusive, and we want to include everyone, even if they're somebody who's, even if they initially had a, primarily an economic driver behind making a decision. 
these things can become infectious where you make a decision, uh, you know, even if it's not purely for green reasons, as it were, but that can then uh, beget other, uh, you know, decisions that you might make in your life with regards to your car or your, your transportation or whatever, uh, or I should say um, your, um, uh, you know, the way that you uh, manage waste or, you know, the, the plethora of things that affect our lives and the sustainability of, of the planet. So, uh, well, actually, the planet's not having the problem. It's, it's the species that's it's having the, the issue. Really. Yeah. It's the planet's going to be fine. We're the ones that are in question. Right. So, well, yeah. and here's another economic uh, way of looking at things, and that is life cycle costing. Now, this is something that businesses do all the time, but residential people don't do it very often. And what life cycle costing is, is where you look at the upfront cost of the investment and then you also look at the operating costs of that investment over a certain period of time so if we look at for instance a heating system uh, a heating system and I'm just going to use pull numbers out of the air here let's say a heating system costs $5,000 to put in but to operate that heating system over 10 years might be $50,000 total bill. Now, with solar, you might have a $20,000 upfront cost with no operating costs over those 10 years. So, with life cycle costing, the regular furnace costs us $60,000 and the solar costs us five mm-hmm. or, or 20. So, uh, life cycle costing is another economic analysis that people use all the time to weigh investments. That's interesting. I, that is that is a concept I had not yet heard of. So I appreciate you bringing that up. So yeah, there are. And I, I, what I'm also fascinated here is the connections between the different types of systems and how they interrelate. So for example, generating the photovoltaic energy and then reusing that in other systems that also have uh, benefit uh, in in the home. So there's this way, you know, whether it's an electric car or you're, you're you know, reusing using that energy source, which is a greener energy source in other systems such as these. It's, it's very interesting how you can sort of start funneling all these things together and creating a sort of a synergistic effect to, to use an overused term um, uh, in the process. Right, and uh, that sort of brings up a point, too, is usually when you have a solar space heating system, a home heater or a business, you also have a solar water heater. It's just part of it. So they're usually not separate. They're usually together. Mm -hmm. So the heat is coming in, and some of it goes to the domestic water heat, and the rest of it goes to space heat. Well, Bob, that is all the time we have for today, so we're going to have to sign off. I, I want to thank you uh, again for being on the program. Bob Ramlow has been my guest from the Artha Online Sustainable Living Center. Uh, Bob is also the author, uh, in addition to being the founder of the center, he's also the author of Solar Water Heating, a comprehensive guide to solar water and solar space heating systems from Mother Earth News Wiser Living Series. Uh, and Bob, thanks again for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com.
Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.